Volunteers bring the wealth of their life experience into the museum, sharing what they know from their studies, hobbies, interests, and their own lifelong learning in relation to museum exhibits and objects. Sometimes, this includes their expertise from their working life. In this next volunteer talk, we'll hear from Rob, a retired orthotist. At the time of recording, we're exploring the theme of the five senses in the volunteer program, and Rob's talk centres on the sense of touch, giving us such valuable insights into some of the museum's health and medicine objects. Over to you, Rob. Hi, everyone. My name's Rob. I've been a Tuesday vol at the Powerhouse Museum for a little over six years. And prior to my retirement, I worked as a paediatric orthodist. With the theme of our chat this week being the five senses, I'd like to focus on the sense of touch and share with my past working life as an orthodist, hopefully providing some insights about these highly specialised objects in the museum's collection. There are several excellent examples of orthoses and prostheses conserved by the museum. A below-knee prosthesis was on display recently in the 2020 Design for Life exhibition, and the Recollect Medicine of a few years ago displayed the below-knee double-iron orthoses with a drop-foot stop. There are other examples too, some from the World Wars and from the polio epidemic, reflecting a time when orthoses and prostheses were very much in demand. More current and up-to-date examples as well, which showcase recent advances in orthotic and prosthetic design and technology. In my work, the ways in which patients related their experience of touch was vital to the work we did together. And this naturally focused my attention on what is perhaps the most overlooked of our five senses. Our brain pays a vast amount of attention to touch from all the different parts of our body. You can't turn it off. It never goes away. You can close your eyes and imagine what it's like to be blind. You can use sound counselling, ear protection, and imagine what it's like to be deaf. But touch is so central and ever-present in our lives that we can't imagine losing it. Here are some examples of the challenges and the wins encountered when working with the sense of touch in the field of orthotics and prosthetics. A patient presents wearing a below-knee total contact thermoplastic jointed ankle foot orthoses and informs me that the brace is touching on the inside of the ankle. This patient is not complaining, rather indicating that there is an increased pressure. The pressure area is inspected, the brace adjusted, and the problem is solved. By way of explanation, a thermoplastic AFO is fabricated from a positive plaster cast of the patient. Any bony areas such as the malleoli or navicular normally have a three millimetre buildup of plaster added to create a void prior to the vacuum forming of the thermoplastic brace. This minimises the chance of the patient developing pressure areas. But what happens when the paraplegic patient Wearing a similar brace, how do they indicate the same information with no feeling or sensation in their limb? They no longer rely on touch to indicate their problem. Some do indicate that things don't quite feel the same as they did before. And I definitely want to know this and make adjustments prior to the problem worsening. Pressure areas were a constant concern. 
It was often left to the patient to monitor their skin post-removal of their orthoses to observe and report any changes. It was my responsibility to prevent and relieve the pressure areas for the patients. So, examination of both the patient and the orthoses followed by careful observation of how the patient reacted or touched with the ground in all the phases of gait followed by how the patient was at rest when wearing the orthoses is one of the best ways to solve this issue. Observing a person who is a paraplegic walk with an altered gait whilst looking for an unsteady phase of gait can be challenging for everyone involved, but at the same time, so rewarding once you have worked together to solve the mystery of the pressure area. Even more difficult was dealing with phantom pain. Recall earlier I indicated how our brain continues to pay attention to touch from all the areas of our body. Pathways from the limb to the brain that are long established if removed continue to say to the brain something is wrong or missing and sends a message as a feeling of pain. Amputee patients often complained of pain sensations coming from the missing limb, like it is burning or aching or cramping or has pins and needles. This is very difficult to treat. Touch with its established pathways appears to have a memory reinforced every day. Tangled nerves at the site of the amputation link up. Each nerve end generates small fibres, and over time, these get further tangled and form a ganglion. These knots can be so painful that even the slightest touch can be unbearable. In many cases, it takes time for those touch patterns and signals to the brain to fade and for the nerves to settle. While some patients indicate over time that pain reduces, the majority indicate that it never completely goes away. This demonstrates some of the complexities of care and effort the orthodist and the prothodist must undertake when creating the interface or the touching surface of the orthoses and the prostheses. Touch is such an important sense that is often misunderstood and taken for granted by many. It is not possible to cover everything about this interesting subject in the time allotted, and I could talk for hours. But I sincerely hope by sharing my experiences from the working world of orthotics and prosthetics, I might have opened the listener's mind in new ways to the wonderful sense of touch. Thanks so much, Rob. That was fantastic.